Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. This morning, I want to um, get stuck into what we've been trying to do over the last six weeks, and that's preach about the goodness of God. And uh, who's up for that? Because at the end of the day, you've got to be so convinced that God is good, that He wants to meet your needs. Does really God want me to have the perfect husband? Yes, He does. The perfect wife? Yes, He does. Does God want me to have a job I enjoy? And a job that pays well? Yes, he does. Does God want me to have a good car? Yes, he does. Look at Craig's car. He's got a nice car. sat in it a couple of weeks ago. My God, God has been very good to him. Some, some of you got nice houses. Does he want us to have nice houses? Jillian and Andrew are having a beautiful house built uh, somewhere. It's a secret location. And uh, praise God for that. It's uh, multi-story and it overlooks the, the grandness of this coast. And uh, thank God that God wants to meet the desires. of. Does he want you to have health? Does he want you to have health? Does he want you to run a mile? Does he want you to be able to skip, hop and play? Yes, he does. He doesn't want you to be limping around. He doesn't want you to be sore and hurt uh, like I am now because I played tennis last week. Uh, But he wants you to be blessed in your grandest dreams. He wants you to be blessed and he's a good God. He's like a father who wants to bless his children. You know, the Bible says that, you know, know, if if, if you who are evil would give gifts to your children. How much more would the Father in heaven give good gifts to you? Amen? And so he is a loving Father. And I think once we start trusting in this and believing this, then that's when we hold the line and say, God, we're believing for all the good that you can. And even if it doesn't come on time, we're going to still hold the line and believe God's going to do all that he said he can do through this church. And that's, I'm going to, so at the end, I'll, I'll show you a few pictures. Yes, I'll reward you if you listen intently. If I see you taking notes and your Bibles are out, praise God. So let's start. God's goodness, the foundation of our faith. Say amen. amen. Psalm 27, verse 13. And so it's a, a teaching, and uh, I hope you're taking notes. And I'm going to, I'm going to try and uh, really consolidate this message in this message. A few scriptures, I shouldn't be too long. And again, I'm talking about the goodness of God. Is he really good? And, and how can I be confident of that? Like he was late on a few, man, I was a bit, bit freaked out because he didn't come through on a couple of issues. And also he came through late. And actually I was thinking he wasn't even listening, but you know what? He is listening. He does love you. He is coming through. It's going to happen if you believe this. Psalm 27, verse 13. Um, what, what, what would have become of me? This is in the Amplified Vision uh, version. And I thought, it, I know I spoke this scripture last week, but in the Amplified Version, I found this, and I think it's fantastic. 
What? What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Psalm 27, verse 13. Is that good? So we started off the series with this story of Moses encountering God on Mount Sinai. Moses says, I want to really see you. I want to know what you're really about. And we have this scripture, which is our foundational scripture in the series of the goodness of God. So here it is, Exodus 34, verse 6. And this is a powerful scripture. You need to understand how powerful this is. Because all of Israel's faith was based on this fact that God was good. And our faith needs to be based on this fact. God is good. Amen. So Exodus 34, verse 6. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, uh, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. God is a judge. Stuff can happen. If you don't get with the program, he can't help it, but stuff will happen to you. God doesn't curse you, but his hands are almost tied because if you're not obedient to God, stuff will happen to you. And unfortunately, not only stuff will happen to you, but it will happen to your children's children. That's why it's incumbent on us to get our act together as born-again believers so that we can be obviously blessed by the goodness of God and then we can see it flow down through our children. Bank robbers become more bank robbers. And they did, I think... uh, Marilyn Hickey, who remembers her? Outstanding Bible preacher, Marilyn Hickey. Uh, I remember reading her book, Blessing and Cursing, and they did a survey way back through the American history. And, you know, you know the sinner, uh, the, 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 the sinner, the stealer, the whatever, uh, they looked at all his generations and they're all dysfunctional bank robbers and murderers. And then they looked at this guy who was an upstanding citizen, God lover. And they looked at his history and all his generations are like lawyers and and inventors and doctors and priests and ministers and, you know, people that made a difference on this planet. Amen? So it's obviously true that we set up the next generation. But the point of the 34 verse 6 because it says abounding in love, but in the King James Version, it says, and the Lord passed by before him, proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness, in the King James Version, abundant in goodness. So as the Lord went by Moses, he went, my God, God is for me. Man, God so wants to bless me. God is kind, friendly, good. That was the main That was the main crux of the manifestation of God to Moses, that Moses went from that encounter with the testimony, Israel, God is so good. He wants to bless us. Yes, he's been a bit late. Yes, he's not answered every prayer according to your whim and and way. But you know what? God is totally for us. This is a good God. Say God is good. And so there was five, I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, five descriptions of God's nature. Uh, Mercy, grace, patience, kindness, faithfulness. But out of all those, if you rounded them all up, it's the greatness of God's love. God's love to you, Steve, 
is profound. And we're all looking for love, and we can go looking for it in the wrong places. But anyway, so after this great testimony or great encounter with God, Moses takes this to the people of God, and they build their whole faith on it, Israel. The whole testament, Old Testament, is built on the notion or the fact that God is good. Amen? How's it relevant to us? Because if we understand that, it makes a difference on our attitude and our actions and how we behave, how we respond to life. Amen? How is it important? It's very important because it's the foundation of your faith. Does God really want us to have 11 acres? Are we being greedy? Are we being presumptuous? No, God is good. We had a desire in our heart to be awesomely blessed, Mark. And we went for broke. (laughs) We did. (laughs) We nearly had to sell the farm to get it, but we went all out. If God is so good, and if he is so supernatural, and so for his people, I am of the position to risk my life, my reputation, all that I have and am, I'm cashing in all my chips and believing in God's goodness. Amen? And that's what you do when you're desperate. Would you do that if you had a sick child? I'm cashing this in. I'm cashing that in. I'm cashing all my worldly security systems, and I'm saying, God, you can heal them. That's what we do. That's what you do as radical born-again believers. We need to understand this stuff. We need to understand it so profoundly. Let me say that. So it's the foundation of our faith. And when you look at the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the goodness of God is always in. I've been studying this stuff for, for weeks now, and it's the goodness of God just so prevalent. And I love this. If we were to understand the goodness of God and trust the goodness of God, we would put our lives into God's hands, I said, if we were to have confidence in the goodness of God, trust in the goodness of God, we would put our lives into his hands, that's where finances are huge. If we believe in the goodness of God and trust in the goodness of God, we would tithe and give to the Lord and believe that as we give love offerings to the love Africa, that we are not a debtor to God, that God will bless us And that God will smile on us and he will bless us in that. God is not a God. He's a just God. He's a faithful God. He will respond to our giving and he will bless us in turn. For every good thing that we do, it's called sowing and reaping. Amen? And if we do place our whole life into his hands, he will bless us. He will deliver us. He will heal us. He will prosper us. And it's a beautiful thing. But you've got to put your whole life into his hands. Who's willing to do that? Amen? So this guy, theologian, Carl Barth, you've heard of him, Bible college students. He says, we understand the goodness, the sum of all. He says, the goodness of God is this. It's the sum of all that is right, friendly, friendly and wholesome. 
So here comes God. He's going to show you a glimpse of himself. Oh, my God. He's right. He's faithful. True blue. He is friendly. Friendly is a beautiful thing. You ever met, met any friendly people this week? Met any friendly people? Just, 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 just like a hi. It's like a gleam, and it's a little bit of an expression. It's, a, it's, it's an attitude. It's like a bit of a, you know, it's not hi. You, you get a bit nervous. Okay, so are we friendly here, or should I take my, my shirt and we? Uh, or, or, or are you, are you, have you been hurt in life? Some people are not friendly because they've been hurt. And men have to be careful in approaching ladies especially because, you know, I've had to learn this time and time again. I say, hi. And go, ladies go, what do you want? Who are you? So you've got to be careful. bit of pastoral help there for some people who are a bit over-friendly. Amen. We're about to. When you say you, you measure, you, you pull, pull your arms back. You, 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 you know, your body language changes. Whoop. Okay. So we have got some damage, damaged goods here. Okay. 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 Yep. All good. So you're more measured. A little pastoral help for some of those people who just love to engage. James L. Packer sees God's goodness and His generosity. He says Packer is a great man of God. He says the goodness of God is His generosity. And and he says it like this, this statement, generosity expresses the simple wish that others should have what they need to make them happy. Does that sound good? Generosity is, so to speak, the vocal point of God's moral perfection. It is the quality which determines how all other God's excellencies are to be displayed. God's generosity. Wow. Imagine if we were able to present God like that to the world. Thank you, Luke. Thank you so much. The good God. He's not a sugar daddy. He's not a distant judge. He's generous beyond comprehension. Check this out. Matthew 7, 11. Not, Ma- not Matthew at the 7, 11. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Okay. He's a loving father. Okay. He might have been down there. I don't know. He is loving father who delights. He delights in blessing us. And it's so true. Jesus taught, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father... Julia reminded me of this scripture yesterday. He said, you're going to use that? I said, yeah, I think I will. Jesus taught that if you then who are evil, that's us, that people who... Because God is only good. People are not ultimately good. Because good means, in Bible terms, it's profound. Good means you are absolutely 100% all the time good. See, we use good all the time for an ice cream oh that's good good goal good good no good in biblical terms means you're 100 percent rock steady no shadows no gray areas and so he says if you worldly men even though you're so good and you bless your children this is the in the context of that if you then who are evil know how to give so we're not evil but he's saying look if you got that taint uh, of evil if you then who are evil then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? And James, the brother of James, says in James 1.17, Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from, the, there's that word again, the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to... Ch- Notice how closely related is the fatherhood of God in those scriptures. It's the Father heart of God that wants to bless you. And so, 
it's obvious we need to believe in the goodness of God. It will help in seeing miracles. It will help in seeing God break out in this place and, and believing that God wants to bless you. So um, Luke 12, 32 says, uh, it's Father's good pleasure to give them the kingdom. It's Father's good pleasure to give them the kingdom. If we open our hearts and truly understand that God is good, and, and then we truly understand that in our heart of hearts, guess what? I really believe we're going to see so much more. Well, this is a manifestation of the goodness of God. We trust, we believe, we had confidence. Oh, gee whiz, we're only just mucking around, God. No, you asked for it. Here it is. 11 acres, church, doing great stuff, holding fates, raising money for Africa and connect groups and saving souls and blessing the youth and the next generation. Psalm 84 verse 11 says, No good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. No good thing. So the, the truth obviously is if we don't hold back, open our hearts and believe that God is good, I believe God is going to heal us. God is going to bless us in extraordinary measures if we believe God is good. Amen? So that's our prayer. Uh, our prayer is just for that, to see God do what he can do in this day in which we live. And I believe unless we settle that in our heart of hearts, nothing much is going to happen. But if we grasp how good God is, the goodness of God, and we are confident, as the Bible says, we will see God continually upsize our life, bless our life, heal our life, it's a matter of course. Is God ultimately good? Does he want to heal my knee? Does he want to bless my finances? Does he want to see me blessed? I think he does. So God isn't confused. We need to make that point because in traditional religion, it was okay if God made you sick. It was okay if God allowed you to be broke. But if you read the scripture in Deuteronomy 28, it's obvious that God is not confused about what blessing means and what cursing means. And if you look at this, I'm making a case of this. I'm not standing for this other stuff that says, oh, you're broke, busted, that God's going to teach you a lesson. Oh, man, you've got cancer now. God's going to teach you a lesson now. No, that stuff is cursed. That's from the devil. God is a good God. He wants to bless his children as any good father wants to bless their children. And he states it here in Deuteronomy 28, chapter 28, verse 11 to 13. This is doing someone some good this morning. And he describes to the Israel nation, he says, The Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of, of the ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Thank you, Lord. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain in your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. We haven't overcome that one yet, but we're gonna. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Yes, we're, we're doing that. We, 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 we're not, no landlord's gonna kick us off this land. We own this land. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I commanded you today, and are careful to observe them, obviously God knows what blessings are. And if you would continue to read on, you would see what the cursings are. That if you plant, you will reap big harvests. 
that if you have livestock, they will increase, that he knows it's good for our children to be blessed and for us to be physically, spiritually blessed too also. On the other hand, he knows it's evil, of course, for us to be sick, poor, frightened, and oppressed. The Hebrew word shalom, which ordinarily I, I, met, I thought meant hello or uh, goodbye or peace, but actually in the Hebrew, and I thought this was powerful, it means completeness, prosperity, welfare, shalom, means to have wholeness in your spirit, soul, and body. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Imagine that, Luke, nothing broken. Got some broken stuff at home? Yeah. <laughs> and I love this, and this is for everyone. This is for our people in Africa. This is for the people that visited us at the fete yesterday. God says in his word, Psalm 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all. He so wants to bless everyone. And this is what we've got to get through to the people that don't know. You must know plenty of people. Why are you trying to get me to know God? Why are you trying to get me to the church? Is it, do you want me to perform these religious duties and, and appease God through this religious life? No, we want you to be blessed. We want you to be blessed physically, spiritually, emotionally. We want you to be blessed, friend. That's what we are propagating. You look at David, I think it's fantastic. Who loves David? This is the key to his courage. Praise God. He says, you know, it says in, so to quick track it now, Samuel 13, 14, 1 Samuel 13 to 14, God calls him a man after his own heart. He's on the back, you know, paddocks there looking after his sheep, uh, you know, and he's fellowshipping with God. He's just got this child heart, child heart attitude towards God. He's obviously a worshiper. He loves hanging out with God. He's in his presence. He's gotten to know God as a young fella. And um, he hasn't been chosen yet to be king. But in those young days, he seemingly has this intimacy with God. And when I thought about that, you know, and how he overcame the bear and the lion, and, uh, and then how he had this awesome courage to believe that when he stepped up in front of Goliath, he knew in his heart that God was good. He knew that God was going to back him up, that God was for him in his welfare of life, and that God was going to even allow him to be a deliverer of God's people. Extraordinary courage came upon David. Extraordinary courage. Why? Because God had saved him. You know, when the lion tried to attack, he grabbed that mane and wrestled it. And when the bear came at him, he realized, my God, God, you give, me strength, you give me strength to protect these sheep. He grabbed that bear, and I don't know how, man, because bears are the most formidable creatures. I saw one in the zoo. And when I, I mean, I'm saying, I hope those bars are strong enough, man, because that bear, it freaks me out. And I don't get freaked out about anything. No barking dog, get out of here, you mongrel, you know, whatever. Snakes stamp on the damn things. But a bear, it's like, <sighs> man. For the first time ever, I remember being phased by an animal, and it was because of a bear. Just looking at you like that. God, the paws are like that. Daniel Boone, he, was, he must have been a legend, that guy. Daniel Boone was a man, was a big man. He used to take those. That, 
Did you ever watch Daniel Boone? Oh, they weren't even born, these guys. God. Some twi- oh, look, that's your homework. Study Daniel Boone and Luke Eagle. Man, he was a legend. He took bears on. He had the courage of David. He was awesome. David knew God. He knew how good he was, kind and patient. God took care of David. So he writes Psalm 23. And he says this, and I think we need to quote it. Again, it's in the Amplified Version for those who are a bit hard of hearing. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lay down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still, restful waters. I love that. Who likes pulling up on the side of the road beside a river and just laying in the grass and throwing a picnic rug out? Just with a nice book, just kicking back. Your wife's made you a picnic basket. And, uh, you know, you've got all these goodies and you're just tranquil waters and you've just been refreshed. And I'm dreaming, I know. He refreshes and restores my life, my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, right standing with him, not for my earning of it, but for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the deep, sinless valley, sunless valley of the shadow of death, and we've all done that, I will fear or dread no evil. Wow, what composure this man has. He's in a burning building, but he's, he's just going, man, you know what? God's going to get me out of here. You are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. I love when I get fresh anointed from these church services. C3 Tugra, 127 Gavin Lock Road, New South Wales, Australia, for our pod, international podcast listeners. Surely only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. I think Andrew Flaxman thinks all the goodness and mercy is following him. But it's following all of us, Andrew Flaxman. Amen. Praise God. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence, where else would you be than in the presence of the Lord? Where else would you be? Hanging down some dark street or on a sunny beach at two in, but yeah, well, anyway, that's a bad example. Shall, shall be my dwelling place. I'm getting there. When you understand that, when you understand that, that's for here and now, not in heaven. Some people think that psalm is for heaven. No, it's for now. It's for now. For the here and now. Once you understand that and have confidence in it, you're going to be blessed. So David had extraordinary confidence in God. 1 Samuel 7, 37, crunching it even more now. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. When you've got that sort of victory... You can take that through your life. Can I just say, as of last week, we came out of the paddock, back into the house financially as C3 Church Tagra. We're back. God has given us victory. We can budget this church again. But we were entirely out the back. We were facing a Goliath, a giant. Some people preach about giant killing, but they've never... They've never killed any giants. You come talk to us about giant killing and we'll tell you all about the financial giant of the spirit of mammon that can hang over a church, hang over a person and cause destruction. We've overcome that thing as of last week. We are back in the house. We have that victory and we're taking that victory through our life and we're taking it and giving it to our children's children because the Bible says... And the greatest 
psalm that you could ever poke a stick at, my friend, is this. Julie and Phil, we've hung on through thick and thin. We've believed in the goodness of God. God has delivered us. Thank you, all you people who believed in us and gave and saved us by giving and just believing in us. Thank you, C3 Tugra, wherever you are. If you're listening to this or if you're here in this building, I say thank you so much. God is good. How good? So good that He sent His Son to die on the cross for us. How good can this get? It's already gotten that good. He sent His Son to die for your sins. We are forgiven. Romans 8.32 says, He has spared not His own Son, but delivered us up for all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Freely give us all things. Extra facilities. Soccer field out there. I see so much more to this property. I was explaining it to Andrew. If you're still skeptical, read the book of C3 Tugra Church and see how God blessed us. If you don't believe in the goodness of God, you're going to be in the same place as you are right now next year. If you don't believe in the goodness of God, you're going to get a year down the line, you're going to just be in the same place. You may as well believe in the goodness of God that He wants to heal you, bless you, save you, prosper you and all that and much more. And then when you get to next year, you'll go, my God, I really did place my faith and my trust in Him. And He, and he came through. He did bless me. We did believe you, God, and you blessed us. And I just read this one more scripture and then I want to show you something. David's greatest psalm about celebrating the goodness of God goes like this. Psalm 145 verse 1 says this, One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. That's what we're going to do to the next generation. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all. He is compassionate and all He has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. I rest my case. God is good. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.